Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 15 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris, and what is in your glass? Well, this evening, I'm doing great, and in my glass tonight, I've got uh, a beer that we picked up mostly because of the label art. And I already yes. started peeling the sticker off of it, but it's called the Tupac Shipporter. Oops, <laughs> Tupac Shipporter from uh, Ivanhoe Park Brewery in or Brewing in uh, Orlando. And uh, just a real good, simple, roasty porter. I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. All right. So, Excellent. What about you, Danny? What's in your glass and how are you doing this evening? Well, I don't want to go too long without without introducing our guest. But before we introduce our guest, let's (laughs) find out what's in Uh, my glass. (laughs) We'll make it quick. No, no. We do have a guest on tonight, but any longtime listener of the show knows who we have on here. It's Mr. John Ream of Trek Brewing. He's made another appearance on Tap to Craft Podcast. So, John, say hello to our listeners. And what is in your glass? Nothing's changed. Yeah. (laughs) Tongue-tied as always. Uh, I am uh, drinking something from this little place called Trek. Okay. Uh, It's actually a specialty beer we did for a friend's wedding. It is a s'mores stout. Oh, s'mores stout. Yeah. Is that what it's called, s'mores stout? Well, for their wedding, it was called s'mores love. Ooh, Um, I, I like that. But, uh, yeah, when it's on top of my house, it's just called S'mores Stout. <laughs> <laughs> I like the S'mores Love better. That should be like yeah. a, a regular beer you have on your on your uh, tap. Like every Valentine's Day. I mean, it's Valentine's yeah, Day Yeah, you should up. have Why? this beer yeah. out. If only someone was forward thinking, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, or you could just call it S'more Money, S'more Problems. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or... No, no s'more. I don't know. I was thinking of something about trying to get a reservation. No s'more reservations on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Not, not good. Well, John, thank you for joining us tonight. I know you're a busy man, but it's always great to have you on the show and especially finding out we're going to talk. This show is dedicated to Trek Brewing. We want to find out everything we've missed over the last year or so since you've last been on. How long has it been since you've been on last? You remember? A year and a half? Yes. year? Two years? I don't know. It was during COVID or right at the... Uh, it was it was during the pandemic yeah, time frame because you were talking about how pandemic... Yeah, it was like, probably summer of 2020, if I was to guess. Okay. Okay. Wow. So I think we were still kind of in it. Uh, yeah, we were still in it for sure. For sure. So. Okay. Well, I don't want to get too much in the conversation. We, we are going to... Talk about you here in just a minute, John. But I am drinking a beer from Drew Brew. It's their Kolsch. And they are now distributing in Boise. I've had uh, two different beers. One, This is one six-pack that I've, I've grabbed. And I also had, I think I mentioned in the last episode, or maybe I didn't. Now I can't remember. But I also grabbed their, and I think I might have had it on the last episode, their Dark Lager, Swartz Beer. Uh, very good. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but um, I enjoyed that as well. But yeah, this is uh, 
almost gone, right? Because we're going to, because John didn't bring us any beer, uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do a blind. And John, you're going to watch Chris and I do a blind tasting and you can laugh at us. Yeah, you can find our embarrassment unfold you can, live. You can on ask Facebook. all the questions <laughs> to try to see if you can guess what the beer we're drinking is. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that be great if you could guess what the beer is and, and we get it wrong? That, that would be very impressive. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, but hey, let's get this show going. But before we get too far, we always want to let anyone new listening to Tattoo Craft Podcast know what we're all about. We are an educational podcast uh, celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listener, along in your craft beer journey and adventures. And you're listening to episode 223, recording on Monday, February 6, 2023. We are live on Facebook. If you would like to join us during our recording session, you can do that on the Monday before we release at 8.30 Eastern Time. And in this episode, we are going to discuss John Ream and Trek Brewing and find out what's changed in the last four years that Trek Brewing has been almost like four years and almost two months, right? Almost... uh, yeah, I think it, it was Black Friday you guys opened, right? Uh, actually, technically, we're coming up on five years in March. We were at oh. like an eight-month soft open period. Before no, we no, no, that doesn't count. No, thing. no, no. But the our hard... grand opening, grand, like, official. <laughs> it only counts thing. when it's hard, guys. It doesn't count <laughs> yeah. when it's soft. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had an eight-month flaccid opening, and <laughs> then... <laughs> no, so you got to be, be about... Four, four and some change. Okay. So. Okay. Well, we're going to find out what's changed in those four years, as well as some great conversation. So, John, uh, let's. Who who is John Ream? I mean, we're again, deep here already. You, you you were you were on the first hundred or so episodes of Tap to Craft as a regular co-host before Chris came in and swooped your job away, and you. Stole. Yeah. You would say stolen. Stolen. Couldn't hang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you and you did leave for good reasons. Is that you were opening a craft brewery in Ohio? You actually left the Seattle area, left a nice job at a nice you know nice area in Seattle, and then moved your family back home to Ohio and decided to open up a commercial brewery. And uh, and that was in 2018. So a lot has happened. Uh, yeah, since that time. So, does that summarize you, John? Is that what? How would you summarize who John? Yeah, I mean, is? that's that's everything anyone ever <laughs> needs to know about me, right there. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, took the big leap back then. Um, made it through a pandemic and all mm-hmm. kinds of shenanigans that went along with that. Mm-hmm. Still here, still kicking. So, and going strong, right? Is it what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? That's what they say. I'm like, this is off. <laughs> yeah. What doesn't kill you only pisses you off. <laughs> okay. So in the last four years, what kind of transition or, or growth, uh, you know, both in, in let's say, the, the way you're doing business and, and, and how, 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 is, how is things going in the last four years according to what you originally laid out in your business plan? Uh, what kind of... Uh, diversions did you have to take and, and, and what's your plan now uh, with Trek Brewing, at least from the four-year point on? Sure. Um, yeah, so the first couple of years, things kind of went as we'd laid them out, mm-hmm. uh, mainly taproom model, having food trucks. Um, then eventually we, we made the leap into 
opening our own kitchen mm-hmm. inside the tap room. And that debuted March 1 of 2020. We finished investing into that, got everything spooled up, had two weeks and everything got shut down. And it's like, mm. sweet, just invested a lot of money and getting <laughs> this thing running yeah. and I can't use it. Um, so that's when things kind of just, obviously for everybody, took weird turns all over the place. Um, kitchen was a silver lining during that time, though. Gave us an avenue of takeout mm-hmm. outside of beer mm-hmm. as well. Um, gave us some a new breath uh, during some of that time, which was great. Um, but the pandemic actually accelerated some of our other plans. So we're now packaging in cans, okay. uh, which is awesome. Um, and getting some uh, local distribution there. Uh, we've started a bigger push in the local market, uh, both in package and draft, Okay, uh, which is nice. Um, and Kristen is spearheading that effort. She's our... Uh, our sales force, uh, <laughs> extraordinaire. So, and then I just get to deliver everything. <laughs> okay. So you're, so you're doing the, the self distributing ish type thing, just local in the local market. Yep. Yep. Um, and kitchen is still going strong. Taproom's going strong. We are now putting a bigger focus on our event space. We've got a whole okay. separate event room, uh, that can hold almost a hundred people. Um, so we're doing a lot more with that space now. And uh, working on expanding uh, all our offerings over there. Okay. Okay. So you hit on a lot of things that I have questions about. So let's let's go first right. to the kitchen. You, you, you did invest into the kitchen. At first, you were doing pizzas because that's something that just anyone, you guys could just go and, and make some pizzas easily without having a, a chef and, and having the full kitchen, uh, you know, mapped out and, and working. Um. But but now you, I remember there was a time when you actually had hired on a a, a chef or or someone to take to kind of run that whole kitchen thing. Is that still the case? Do you still have somebody that's uh, that's running that? And 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 what? And and for what I see, you've kind of transitioned away from the pizza thing and gone more into a sandwich and burger type uh, menu. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, so we don't have pizzas anymore. Um, those we had partnered with a local wood fireplace uh, oh. that like pre like had them basically prep ready to go for us, and we just had to throw them in. Okay, um, which was really nice. Uh, but yeah, then uh, we we partnered with one of our uh, more consistent food trucks. Um, hired in the guy that ran that. Uh, he just left. Um, a couple of months ago. So we're in a transition period. Um, still running out of thing. It's more of a, uh, pub, you know, pub food, burgers, wings, you know, kind of, kind of deal now. Um, and we are, uh, working on the transition to our new head of operation back there. Okay. So, okay. So what, what yeah. would you say is your best seller as far as, uh, the, you know, the, the menu items you have on your, on your list, you have one thing that's like everyone loves and goes for. Yes, fried pretzel bites with beer oh. cheese. Okay, yeah. everyone, yeah. you know what? Everyone loves pretzels and pretzel bites and things that you know. I love it. That's what I look for when I go to a, if you know anything has food. I always want the pretzels, but I find it's difficult to actually find pubs now that are doing pretzels. I imagine that it must be kind of a if you're making them homemade, it's got to be a, a tough thing to to keep up with because it's i think it's time consuming a little bit or if you're buying them pre-made i think some of the supplies to get those in can be a challenge too have you run into any challenges getting your pretzel bites in 
uh randomly just like any food item over the last three years True. so True. Okay. um uh, yeah that's just been normal <laughs> supply chain gobbledygook yeah mad uh matt helmer wants to know if you guys still have the grippo burger yes we do ah well wow. see matt now now you have to go he said he wanted to make a trip back up to up to uh to see yes. you guys but now that they have it you have to go that's <laughs> John said he kept it just for you. So. Yeah, those, are the, those are the rules. Yeah. We just have to live by them. We don't make them. Yeah. So, so you also mentioned that during the pandemic, it allowed having the kitchen allowed you to actually have takeout food. Was that something that, um, you know, what was, was that one of the things that brought people to come and, and, and take, get takeout and, and maybe some beers or whatever and take, take with were you actually giving beers like, Selling crawlers too, I'm assuming at the at the time too, right? So they come get their mm-hmm. meal and take take beer with them, and and that was something that you found. Uh, I mean, obviously it helped keep you going. Um, was it actually a profit? Like, was it making profit too, or just trying to keep your inventory and keep things flowing and keeping the bills paid? Uh, early on, it was we'll sell anything, yeah. <laughs> because if if you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it it definitely is what helped pay the bills during mm-hmm. that time. Um, it, I mean, beer only take you so far. Yeah. And we're not in a huge urban center where we've got, you know, million people or whatever. So um, it was nice to give like, hey, here's food to go along with the beer. And, you know, we had people that just got beer too. But yeah, um, we would definitely do more combined than okay. anything else. Okay. Well, good. All right, and you also mentioned that you did transition into, you know, a product, you know, production and canning your beer. So let's talk about how you're doing that. You you actually purchased a little uh, canning machine. Yes, yeah, we've got a little uh, semi-auto single head filler um, that I can run alone if necessary, and still put out some decent numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't take too long to, you know, put out. 25, 30 cases on my own. Um, but uh, if I have a partner, it helps a whole lot, uh, streamlines everything. Um, but yeah, it's super easy. Um, it's done really well for us. So, And how much, uh, you know, how many cans an hour are you able to put through it? Uh, when we're really humming, we're probably doing about eight, eight to 10 cans a minute um, oh, okay. through it. Um, by myself, it's more like four to five. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. You slow it down a little bit so you can keep up with it. <laughs> I got to put them in and catch them on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a lot of running back and forth then? No, I can reach them. Thankfully. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not that big of a, yeah. All right. And, and are you doing these, uh, I must, are they, are they both 12 and 16 ounce cans? Or are they one size only? Ours is just 12s. Just 12s? Okay. And you're doing yep. six packs? Uh, and are you doing mixed packs, six packs? just of Mostly six packs, some four packs for um, some of their specialty beers or higher, you know, mm-hmm. like our Russian Imperial Stout stuff when we put that in the yeah. cans, four pack. Okay. So. Okay. And and you, obviously you, you're offering those as takeouts from the brewery, but you're also uh, providing those to – local stores around the area how far are you guys getting out from newark uh right now 
all of our stuff, all of our cans are within a five, 10 mile radius. Okay. okay. Not, okay. not super far. So convenience uh, stores but, and stuff like that? Uh, mostly local grocery markets. Um, and then our draft goes farther. We're probably 30, 40 miles out with draft. Okay. So. Okay. Okay, how how many yeah. beers do you take out? Like, do you have do you have like flagship beers that you just that they just want to have these beers all the time? Or is it a mix at some of these places? How how do you guys uh, like what? How are you sending these beers out and in what styles? Yeah, we've uh, so most places will carry our West Coast IPA, our year round hazy IPA, and then our cream ale um, usually. That's our top selling beer overall. Okay. Um, our canteen cream ale. Um, and then they'll take seasonals as they come out. Um, and then we've got one place that stocks every year round beer we have. Um, nice. Nice. Uh, Which place is that? That is, uh, am I legally allowed to say that? Oh, sure. oh, you can't say where your place is. Actually, no, I can't. You're promoting one of your customers. <laughs> You asked me the question, so I can't say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's over at the uh, beverage source, which is uh, almost across the street from us. So. <laughs> <laughs> that makes delivery pretty nice, huh? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Okay. And the art. So, one of the things that we noticed and what, what you guys really worked hard at early on when you were just when you're developing Trek Brewing as a brand is your artwork. You have a unique artwork and you want to, you know, you had an artist that you're working with. Are you still working with that same artist for building your labels or have you transitioned? Yes, we are. Okay. Yes, we are. So we've had great continuity and his art style is awesome. Uh, Matt Pataglia. Uh, he also does comic books and stuff. You can find him out there. Um, but yeah, we love his art. Uh, he's working on, two or three things for us right now that we'll oh. hopefully be sharing soon. Oh, good. But, uh, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Be, I mean, Chris and I have, have mentioned on the show uh, a few times when we see new labels and stuff coming out that we, we still really enjoy the artwork. So we give you two thumbs up for, yeah, for continuity and, and just, just good artwork and good beer yeah. names too. I really appreciate the beer names. That's the hardest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I could just be, rambling off a bunch of questions i'm going to ask one more and then well all these questions are, are ones that i just thought about that i wanted to talk to you about and i i feel bad because i'm hogging the mic from chris hog it go for it okay <clears throat> so i have to ask a question we saw actually in last episode uh mr mark church local consumer of trek brew trek beers in your area he was on the on uh, the Facebook Live last week or last episode and this episode, and he mentioned, "Hey, get you know, talk to John and find out what uh, what we brewed up," and uh, and then he spilled the beans when he checked it into Untapped that you actually produced another Belgian dark strong ale called Loose in the Church. So, what is this all about? Tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, two years ago. Uh, I was doing Pelotonia, which is a mm -hmm. bike charity event here in Columbus, uh, raised money for cancer research here locally. And we held an event at Trek for our Trek Brewing team. And Mark won a silent auction to brew a beer <laughs> at Trek. 
Nice. And so when I talked to him, like, what do you want to do? He says, I want to do the loose cannon. Oh. I heard you guys talk about it. <laughs> yes. I want to make yes. it. And I was like, all right. And then it took us forever to get our schedules to line up. Um, and so finally, like two years after, mm. you know, here we are with, <laughs> with the beer. Um, and uh, I, I told Mark when we made it, if it turns out great, I'm taking the credit. <laughs> if it doesn't, it's because you were here. Um, that's that's a fair deal. But uh, yeah. but no, it, it turned out great. Mark was awesome on Brew Day. Um, had no complaints about getting in, getting dirty, doing all the all the things. Um, he did not have to hand crank his grain though. Yeah, I yeah. Say that. that's why it turned out good, right? Because he got to use the real big mill. <laughs> so um, he got that bonus over you. Um, but yeah, I was looking it up before we got on today, um, and we brewed that beer August 18th of 2014. Wow. Wow. So wow, we're almost over eight years later, <laughs> you know, and uh, here's another thing. I just found a bottle. I, I found a bottle too. I okay. I, I also have a bottle, and I was shocked because I thought I drank every last one. So yeah. So uh it, We'll have to uh, arrange a, uh, a simultaneous tasting okay. at some point. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was shocked because I I was going through and I and I was, you know, trying to. I've gone through my cellar really w- good and almost drank everything. Right. I had all these beers I was cellaring, and then I was going through and I was or, you know organizing, and all of a sudden I pull out a a non labeled beer, and I'm like. No one's given me any homebrew for a while. And I look at the cap and I saw LC on there. Like, no uh, way. There's no way I have another loose cannon still. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to get together and, and taste that lot, you know, taste that and, and record it so we can share that on yeah. the, the YouTube and, and see if it holds out for eight years. Yeah. That'd be That's impressive. Big, big mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. So, did so, I mean, Mark's a homebrewer as well, right? Yes. And did he, was he able to add any insight into the beer or did you design the beer yourself and he just had to follow your orders? Uh, no, he wanted to do it as close to original as we could. Oh. So we scaled it up to do a one barrel batch um, and uh, just tried to keep it as close as possible. Um, and this time we were ready for the, uh, really poor extraction. Um, <laughs> so I had, I had plenty of, uh, extract on hand to, to give us that little bump at the end. Did you have to add some? We did have to add a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't just yeah. me then. It just seems well, to be was probably mostly you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't have to add as much. We probably um, added the same amount we added to the five gallon batch. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Great. So, um, all right. So now that you've, I know it's hard to remember eight years ago, we know that originally it came across a little bit sweeter than we liked. And I think that was the notes that at the homebrew contest that said it, you know, a little bit sweeter than, than expected. And maybe, I, I don't know, remember the other comments either, but with the first take put first pull of this beer, uh, what is your impressions as far as, did you guys nail it like first shot or is it, is it one of those beers that's going to, you know, as it ages a, a couple months, it's going to just get better. What do you think? Uh, out of the gate, mm-hmm. it's a lot better. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and uh, it does it does have a little bit of sweetness, but not not the same levels we had back then. Okay. Um, but uh, really nice dark stone fruit, mm. cherry, you know, mm. well, like caramel. There's a little bit of bubble gum in the back of it. Oh wow! Um, it's really nice, super smooth for eleven percent. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's getting really really good feedback. Um, and I think Mark came back in Saturday and started getting them, and then people were like, "What is he getting?" And started trying it, and we <laughs> sold like a bunch of crawlers to people. That like we need, we need to take more of this home. Like I can't have more now because I got to drive. But like I want more at home. Mark um, said, "Mark so. said, be nice, John." <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so this could prove to be a seasonal. Maybe at Christmas time, you guys decide that hey, it's after Thanksgiving, we're going to brew up a a batch of of uh, loosened church. And uh, and people, you know, are going to demand it, right? They're going to want this beer again. You can't just do a, a one-off. Well, I can. I can do whatever I want. But, <laughs> I think your you wish know. is finally coming true. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to rename it though for Mark because he did. He really knocked it out of the park. I mean, you kind of <laughs> put the ball up on the tee and then he hit the home run. You know, well, so it, it took me a minute to realize <laughs> I, when I first saw the name, I'm like, Loose and Church. Why did you change the name from Loose Cannon? And then I realized, ah, because I think Mark helped him brew it and that's so it's mark church loose yeah loose and church it all made sense i was thinking maybe it's a play on the you know the italian uh you know loose luce luce in italian is uh is light maybe it's light in church but i'm like yeah. no it's it's me it depends on who you talk to you know it depends on who you talk to it could be both yeah okay yeah. well I, i'm very excited about that i i was pushing you you to brew it and it finally took an, another patron of Trek to convince you and had to win yeah, a they contest. Had to pay, they had to pay to do it. They had to pay to do <laughs> it. And it finally got made. So thank you, Mark, for uh, for finally making it happen. And I'm glad it's, it turned out really well because um, there's no doubt. This is what the beer could have been if I wouldn't have screwed it up. And I still like the one we made, but this one sounds even even better. Okay, let's transition to another beer, John. I saw on your tap list, and by the way, you have an impressive tap list, by the way. Thank you. Um, he says that to all the boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what I like about your tap list is you have something for everyone, and you have special treats for people, too, that want special beers, like, the, like this intense experience Imperial Black IPA. Yeah. Talk about this beer. So this is one we did way back. Uh, we went three years between oh. brewings of this beer. Um, and so, yeah, this kind of goes back to our, our previous debates back when I used to actually be on the show about this, this style of beer. <laughs> it's um, changed. It's changed recently though, right? <laughs> it's changed. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is one I've always enjoyed. Um, it's uh, a nice big double IPA with uh, some Centennial uh, Citra. Um, it's just there's a little bit, little bit of roast in there, um, but lets the hops really shine. So uh, it's it's one that I'm hoping that we will do more regularly. Um, 
folks that are getting it seem to be enjoying it. So, um, but a lot of folks are still like, I don't want something that dark with my IPA. So, yeah. Um, but we're, we're educating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know we've, we had some great conversations about black IPA back when it was, you know, first a thing for a short minute, but I will say, and I, and I think the reason is because brewers didn't know how to brew a proper one, right? They were just kind of, like you said, making, I mean, I like to have the roast, but now I get that, I get that roast, but I get like, it's just a little bit of roastiness with dominant IPA hop character and stuff. And it's just, there's so many good ones now that it's not just an American, uh, American stout. It's, it's a, a black IPA. So I'm, I'm grateful. I think, as I mentioned before in the show, I think this is a great style to not have as a primary beer all year round, but one that brewers bring out every so often, like Wookie Jack is back again. I just grabbed, an, I had some and during Christmas time, I just grabbed the, another six, a six pack of it. Um, and I'm just, I just love that beer, but I don't want to drink it all the time. If I can look forward to it, and and expect it to come, you know, once a year, like we do with our winter warmers. A great style to really appreciate that style without getting without be, becoming the norm. You know, you don't want it to become the norm. And uh, yeah, so three years is a little bit long, though. You might want to shorten that, yeah, that length a little bit. Okay, I, I've got one more question before I give to Chris to ask a few couple questions. Um, and I'm only asking this because I'm the one that has the question, so I. I'm just curious. So I, I noticed that you, your serving sizes, you have 10 ounce pours, 10 ounce or 16 ounce pours, 10 ounce pours and five ounce pours. That makes sense. In fact, I like that, that range of, of pours. You have the taster and you have the, you know, not the full beer, the almost half beer and then the full beer. But what it was interesting is that I noticed that your 10 ounce pours are $5 and your 16 ounce pours are sixteen $6. So then I'm starting to think, is is that because you tend to sell more 10-ounce pours than 16-ounce pours? Or what's the deal? Why 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 are you giving me six more ounces for only a dollar more? It's just what it is, Denny. I mean, <laughs> the amount of labor that goes into it is basically the same. Um, wait, what do you mean? And wait, wait, wait. But, but into, into pouring a beer. Into pouring, okay. And then washing all the glassware and all that stuff, okay. you know, that all adds up. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, the fractional stuff, it all takes about the same amount of time. Um, takes about, you know, so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, it is what it is. Okay. Okay. No, no, I, I do appreciate, I drink. So one of the things I've mentioned is I don't drink tasters anymore. When I go, I either drink a full pint or I drink, 10 ounce pours because I like the 10 ounce pour because it allows me to go ahead and sample three beers at 10 ounces and get a good draw on it to understand how it changes as it sits out and warms up and everything. And I can drink three of them instead of just two beers, right? So I get three, mm-hmm. I can try three of their beers instead of, of two. So I love the 10 ounce pours. I wish more breweries would do it. Um, and I, like I said, I, I, I don't think I've had a single taster in the last two years uh, because I, I I decided that I don't want to judge a beer just based off of a four or five ounce pour. It just doesn't make, it just doesn't do it justice. And I found so many beers 
that I enjoyed more once I had a full serving of it than I did with the, the taster. But that's mine. Okay. That's enough of me. Chris, I, I left a couple of questions here at the bottom that I thought you might be I get able to the, I get the scraps <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Denny, you rest your voice. Have a sip of beer too. So, um, John, have you have you entered any of your beers into uh, brewing contests, local, state? Yeah, local, contests? local contests. No. Nothing, huh? No, we haven't. Why, why is mm. that? You you gonna let me ask this question or yeah or what? John, yeah, Danny, why is that? This is why this is, is Chris and I's time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had your time. Um, uh, part of his timing. Um, when some of the comps came up, stuff we would want to enter either wasn't like fresh, fresh, or you know we were basically out, and the amount you have to send us some of these things, like you know, it can be quite a bit. And if we're going to be out of it, well there's not a lot of good return on a metal that you're out of beer for, for two months, you know, <laughs> that's fair. So, um, yeah, mostly, mostly just timing on, on a lot of the stuff, um, when it comes up, but we only have like two local, like, and by local, they're basically state comps, um, throughout the year. And, and, uh, some of them actually each year, they designate different styles. So we may not even have something that we can enter. So we don't brew it yet, you know. Um, yeah, so not yet. Okay. Well, what about um, community outreach? If you're not if you're not doing any beer contests, I know you guys are always reaching out into the community. I see, you know, between you and Kristen and all the things you guys post on social media. I, I imagine that's Kristen too, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the community outreach programs that you do, and you know, why do you guys get into those? Um, yeah, so this was, it's actually a big part of what we wanted the brewery to be when we opened. And like one of the first things we did after we established a brewery was we went and established a community fund for the brewery, um, with our, the Licking County Foundation, which, uh, is a nonprofit that kind of manages a lot of funds and scholarships and other things, uh, locally for, uh, folks that want to you know, have the ability to to give back in the community and make sure it's going where they want it to be. Um, they help us vet uh, different organizations. Or if we say, hey, we're trying to do this event, we want something, you know, related to trails or whatever, like who locally is doing that work and doing it right now. And then they're like, here's a list. Go talk to these few folks. Um, and so that's been extremely helpful for us. Uh, we run on basically all of our charity stuff through that fund, um, that we, uh, donate into every month. Um, and that's all through, uh, regular Thursdays. Every Thursday we partner with another local nonprofit, um, give them space in the brewery to set up, talk to folks about their mission. Um, and then 10% of all sales from the entire day go to that nonprofit. Um, and then most of our special events are also tied to charity in some way. Um, like our, our 0.5 K, uh, race around the parking lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, goes to, um, the local Y runs a, a camp for, for all, um, and taking care of kids that, uh, need 
more attention um, at summer camp. Uh, so it funds uh, the ability for those kids to go to camp uh, with the resources they need um, every summer. So we do stuff like that for pretty much all of our special events as well. That's pretty awesome. Well, we'll add an extra one in there, Denny, that uh, is not on your list. But uh, Mr. Matt Helmer wants yeah, to know, is, that, ask it. Is, there a, is there a beer that you haven't brewed? I, I assume you're talking about a style, Matt. Is there a beer that you have not brewed that you want to try someday just for the brewery? Like a Lambic? <laughs> 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 yeah, still a little gun-shy on uh, bringing the plugs in. Yeah. Um, hmm. That we haven't done. Have you done a cold IPA? I have not done a cold IPA. I've been reading about cold IPAs mm-hmm. and maybe how to do those. Um, although, uh, I think I would like to branch out a little more um, into the Belgian arena. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciate all the plugs you guys give the Cezanne oh, uh, yeah. throughout throughout, <laughs> throughout the uh, <laughs> uh, the year. Um, and now doing this Belgian Dark Strong, it's getting good attention. I, I would love to explore more into that space. And that's something I haven't really done even at home, mm-hmm. like when I was brewing. Uh, so I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a Belgian double would be a, a fun a fun beer that that is not seen very often, but is is welcoming and and I mean it's not a it's a Belgian style that I think you can really get people to enjoy Belgian beers by, by giving a, a nice subtle double yeah, to start with. And then you can work up to the triples and, uh, I mean, triple. yeah, we'll, and we'll get a quad to pair with our, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The quad, yeah, the quad <laughs> is tough, uh, but also, you know, another one of course is the, is the, the whip beer would be a good one too, you know, a little Ho Garden, Newark style, Trek style, yeah, uh, would be good. And uh, but do not do a Belgian stout or a Belgian IPA. I just don't like those two Belgian styles. If they're those, even styles, might as well go brewed IPA at that point. Yeah, those those are two styles I've struggled to find something good. Yeah, that I've enjoyed. Me, me too. So. Me too. <laughs> I agree. And and I do. I do. I mean, I make it known that you were the one that got me back into trying Belgians again. I did. I had some bad experiences early on in my craft beer journey. I just didn't like them. And you did provide me with a list of beers that I went out and found and drank and fell in love with and got me reinvigorated with the Belgian beers. And now I love all of them except for the IPA and the stout. Those are the two I, I can't do. And, I can, and none of those were on my list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, well, good question, Matt. Thank you for providing one extra question for John. Well, I think we we did it, Chris. We just uh, chatted for like 30 minutes about John and Trek. Uh, yeah. Well, that's not hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to do, Chris? You want to go ahead and try it? You want to do a blind? You want John to help us with our blind tasting? Yeah, let's do this. This is just what you wanted, wasn't it, John? See, if you would have got yeah. us beer, we I'm could gonna- be drinking your beer. Blind. I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> Denny, let blind. it go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is from, again, it's been a couple weeks since we oh, did Jesus. this. This is beer green, number two. There we go. Wrapped yeah. up in some nice Christmas paper 
from Jeff Seiler. There's the one of not our green parts. Of great my listener who <laughs> wanted us to do a segment where we, Chris and I, drink the same beer, but we don't know what it is. And we try to guess the style. And if we're able to, even the beer itself. And we, we struck out miserably last time. I felt so dumb after I thought about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is that is that beer. And I even said German heft, but... Um, You're going to smell this, and we're going to start going down a rabbit hole. Are we? Well, let's pour it in. Oh, wow. Okay. Come. It's pouring a little bit. Uh, it's probably a double IPA. Let me smell it. It smells. I I could pour a it beer smells like, a like an English IPA. It does have a malt, like a caramel coloring you, you can see that i i pour just like normal john this okay is, good you pour you pour like i, I did. pour i pour crappy i still can't pour damn beer <laughs> one day we'll learn wow this is uh my first smell that i was thinking oh it smells like a that english head, ipa it's got a great head i mean look at that head that's beautiful it's got coarse and thin bubbles it's got it's kind of like a it's creamy a tan, looking. tan, creamy, sticks around. Let's see. Let's see if we can get Coloring it. Coloring is the... amber. It's probably oh, an amber. Look at that. Gosh, this isn't. Now I smell it. Now it might be an amber. Is it? Is it fat tire? No, there is no way. <laughs> it's too dark for fat tire, right? <laughs> no, well, no, it's it's too hoppy smelling too. Yeah, you're you right. It, is, it does have. Foam. You're right. It does have hop in there. That's why I first. Smells that I was my, thinking it was like a uh, English IPA. Okay, so my foam dissector here. So one of the things Jeff said is that all the beers are things that we've probably had and is readily available to everyone. Jeff, if this is a high lie and I get it wrong, I'm going to be so upset. Okay, I'm I'm having trouble pulling out any any aromas. I know because look how dense this and head it's, is. Because it's it's it is fruit kind of fruity. Okay, I I got to get through this head. So, bottoms up. Oh, it's dogfish head. Sixty minute. What do you think? I mean, you sounded so confident no, when no, you no. said it. How no, I... I just drank it, and that's what that's what it tasted like. It tastes like but sixty it minute. I it which. Again, this is exactly what I I would think is like a like an English IPA. What do you think? Am I wrong? What do you think, John? I don't know. Have you uh, have you had a dogfish head for a while? I my memory of sixty minute though would not be anything close to an English, unless it's got a little age on it. Maybe. Well, that might be it because I I you said you said malty caramel mm-hmm. smell to it. And that it could almost be that oxidation smell too, because as hoppy as this is, I don't know. Well, so if there's the, anything on the bottom. So it's got. So it's this got. Was, this uh, was packaged in October. It's got earthy, kind of an earthy hop character, with maybe a little bit of fruit, maybe some stone fruit in the in the back. Um, mm. wow. This is not. I know this isn't highlight though, so that's good. Okay, let me think of other beers that have a similar. Oh, 
<laughs> no, this can't be. It's lighter than this. This can't be Lagunitas because it's definitely more piney. This is not piney. I don't know. Although I do I'm getting get, different. I'm getting different reads on hoppy levels here. Chris seems to be a lot. Pretty. This is pretty. Saying a lot more than Denny is. It's, so I'm, I'm struggling to get a read. Yeah, it's it's got a decent bitterness, and and now I'm picking out maybe some citrus hops in there. And I'll admit I'm trying to cheat because I'm looking for something on the bottom of the can, and there's nothing there. It does have some fruity, but as hoppy as this is, it's it it would be so hard to tell. And I, I have this feeling we're gonna take the we're gonna take the paper off of it and just like we did last time. We're gonna go. Oh, I totally could have so, nailed that one. Yeah. So maybe it's a. This is I gotta go double IPA on this one though. Do you? Yeah. Okay, so let me think of double IPAs that have. I'm trying to. This is familiar though. This beer if it's is not. It's borderline. This beer is very familiar to me. I just I'm having trouble. It's, it's not like like piney or super citrusy like you get with certain did, beers. Did you get the same beer that I got? Number two. Yeah, I, I know. Wrappers, everything's the same. But, you know, that Jeff, he's a crafty fella. What's the bitterness level here? The bitterness I, is probably I, I'd go 40. 60 to 80. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Okay. I'll say. Meet me in the 50. middle at 50. I'll say 50. Okay. IBUs of 50. All right. And that's what I taste as far as the bitterness. But it's got that, like, when I say borderline double, like, this is six-ish, seven-ish percent just because of how almost, it's almost syrupy. It is. You're right. It it does have a a little bit uh, thicker heaviness to it. Um, And we're going to keep tasting it and tasting it. We'll find out real fast. No, I know. I've ha- I, I've had this beer. I just I'm just I've had so many different beers. How am I supposed to be able to remember every single one? <laughs> it's first world problems, my friend. First world problems. Maybe it's celebration. Okay. Uh, ooh, okay. But I remember celebration. I just had celebration, and it was more uh, citrusy. Would, uh, but this uh, does have citrus. I, you know what? I I could back you up on that one, but. Is it normally isn't normally a little more red, or am I just thinking about the can too much? And celebration come in a twelve ounce can this I, year. I think I'm gonna change my thing to celebration. That's a that's a fair guess. And I would I would happily back you up on that one. Okay. Tear it off. Tear it off. Let's I'm see gonna, it. I'm saying I'm saying dead guy. Dead guy dead guy, dead guy IPA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We okay. haven't had dead guy okay. IPA. We've had the Mybach. Wow, he really Holy used some shit. some. Holy shit, he did it! It is celebration. Dang. <laughs> I, go. I got it! Wow, I, I can't even get this damn label off. Too good of too too good of. Gl- yeah, he look at this electric. <laughs> I can't even get it off. Electrical tape and wrapping ah, paper. I did call at the last minute. It Way came to, to go, me. Denny pulled it out. Wow. Celebration. See, I, I'm impressed. I was hedging down a little bit because Denny just came off a of Kolsch <laughs> yeah. and you came off of something with sweetness. So I thought maybe you guys were. 
I, over I was, perceiving that bitterness a little bit based on the was, rest of what you were saying. I was Porter though. Um, like I, you know, we did it. Okay. We well, here's did. the here's the other thing. What uh, I said six to seven percent. That's a six point eight. Yeah. Yeah. What's the IBUs on this thing? You think too? You think it's sixty? I'd have to look it up. Well, you know what? It it was that last couple sips, and you said when you said double IPA, I started thinking double, but then I I started as this warms up to sixty five IBUs. I get more. I got that one. I, I started getting that familiarness that I just got done drinking like a twelve pack of this during Christmas time. So you would think that I would been more aware I, I i knew i had just had it and i haven't had dogfish head in a long time now i need to compare this to dogfish it's probably totally different well now you got to go find dogfish head that hasn't been sitting on the shelf for six months plus well that was fun and we're one and one we totally blew Ooh. the first one the second one we're, we nailed so thank you Jeff. 500 jeff seiler said great job guys you zeroed <laughs> in on it like champs well done well, I'm glad he was here to watch us do it too. Thank you, Jeff. I, Life, this is one of the highlights. It really is. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jeff. Well, that was fun. I hope it was fun for John too to watch us uh, look like idiots. Okay, John's going to grab a beer. While John grabs a beer, we're going to go ahead and thank all of our Patreon supporters because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, Bill Schlemmer, Amanda, and Kevin Argauer. Mark Reedy, Mike Blanchard, Tara Carlson, and Jim Kutzel, and Alex Fuchs, who are our virtual producers. I got a burp. And yeah. Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Chalamasa, Mark Church, and Eric Gronley, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And we love having all your questions uh, and things you, you know, and just reading what you guys have to say, uh, whether you like the show, hate the show, whatever. We don't want to hear about hating. But if you have suggestions, you can send those suggestions to us through email at taptocraft.gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at taptocraft. And of course, Chris would love to interact with you on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And we do have a Discord server, and it is kind of active. And, uh, you know, I've even been on there a few times, and it's, it's kind of a fun place to be able to post your beers and interact with people and 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 uh, join our other community members in a more localized environment. And there it is, Discord. Just find it on our Linktree site, linktr.ee at tap or slash tap to craft has all links to all of our stuff there and join our discord server. Okay. And if you do have any, I, I hate the show emails. You can send them to John. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Chris, let's continue the conversation because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking. According to untapped. As you take another sip. Well, <clears throat> according to I've, us, I've we're got, drinking. I've a, got yeah. two beers now. I got a Wookiee Jack and I can pour a beer, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, you've you've probably done it a few hundred more times. That was a uh, canteen cream ale, wasn't it? No. Or what was the other? Oh, no, it's your IPA. No? Oh, tan- Our double tandem hike. Look at you. Who is off tonight drinking double IPAs? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm just got to run the canner in the morning. It's okay. Oh, you can do it with one eye closed. Oh, that was one thing I wanted to ask too. So, um, you've scaled. So after the pandemic, did you scale back your hours to where you're, you're doing five days instead of, weren't you doing six days a week before? Yes. We dropped Mondays. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, which I mean, there just wasn't a reason to be open. Not, uh, not a lot of traffic on Mondays. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we also at a certain point stopped doing like lunch during the week as well. Yeah. So we're, we only open like in the afternoon now. Yeah. I saw that uh, too. Okay. So, yeah. No, no, you have to, yeah. you have to adapt to what's going. And if you're, if you don't have a lot of people coming in, you save that money and, uh, yeah, well, the two office buildings next to us, there was nobody in them anymore. So, oh. you know. <laughs> that makes it tough. Yeah. yeah. That will slow you down. So if uh, if you want us to read your check-ins on our show, make sure you follow me on untapped at MCK1345. I got to change my username. <laughs> That's such a lame name. You just got to change but, it to uh, at stud Chris. Yeah, because that's better. <laughs> but, you know, the stud finder goes off every time I use it. So. But we're going to start with uh, Mr. Florida Steve, only because, buddy, you need to let these Advent beers go. Um, oh, he's still doing the Advent beers. They're so bad. He just, just can't drink them. Just do yourself a favor. <laughs> cut your losses. And. Yeah. Yeah. Checking into the uh, Advent Beers Cerveza. Uh, <laughs> great notes. Smells infected. <laughs> tastes smooth enough, but not much bready character. Uh, too, too cap rating on that. Uh, guys, life lesson. If anything starts out with smells infected, continue on. Just keep moving. Um oh. Mike Allen is checking into a handful of things at his uh, favorite check-in spot, the Taco Mac. He's got the uh, Campfire Coffee Brown by Pontoon Brewing, ESB, which nobody drinks enough of anymore, by Monkey Wrench Brewing, and uh, the Voodoo Ranger Hop Raider IPA from New Belgium Brewing Company. Um, Mr. Jeff Seiler. Jeff, I love this one. Uh, he's drinking an always sunny in Citradelphia oh. by New Brass Brewing Company. <laughs> the can art, uh, this one's a solid one. It's a, the words are lo- just like what you would see if you ever watched the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. And it's a hop on the front of it, but the hop looks like Danny DeVito. Oh, geez. <laughs> All Citra, which I love, absolutely delish. And it's always tasty in North Citralina. He gave this one a four and a quarter caps uh, for for this beer. And uh, great can art. Eric Gronley also checked, or Eric Gronley gave him a couple of comments. It's a great name. Bill Schlemmer, very punny. I also love things, uh, most things Citra. Um, checking in next on the list is JC. He's drinking a Hop Cakes by Noda Brewing Company. And uh, no notes on this one, but four and a half caps for this beer. Hop Cakes. It's in the Imperial IPA. Um, Jeff Weesey drinking a noticeably absent by wood grain brewing. There's that wood grain brewing popping up again. 
Uh, light and crisp, easy drinking with a clean finish. Cheers, five cap rating from Mr. Jeff Weesey on the noticeably absent. Um, Eric Gronley checking in at the GHQ. Excuse me. Is uh, He's drinking a special double cream stout by Bell's Brewery. This one's a home run. Very deep flavor, dark chocolate, and smooth coffee flavors. No bitter burnt malt. Very creamy and easy to drink. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Ah, Chad Lamasa ah, continuing yes. his check-in streak. Um, drinking a beer from the folks over at Crooked Crab. These guys have some really cool can art too. Um, he's drinking a motorboat. Hang on, <laughs> motorboat manticore <laughs> by Crooked Crab Brewing Company, and he said, "Love the fun can art, pine and grapefruit, four and a quarter caps for that check in." Uh, Jeff Weesey is also checking into the Halcyon. Come on, man, <laughs> Halcyon Promise by Covert Artisan Ales at the independent ale house. He said, wow, amazing blend of barrel aged barley wine and stout finishes like a fig Newton. You, you got me there. Uh, awesome. Cheers. Five cap rating for that one. So that's two five cap ratings for, uh, for Jeff Weesey. Mm. Um, Jeff Seiler also checking into a Coca Mungo by three Floyd's brewing big boozy and mildly sweet barrel aged Imperial stout with coconut. Yummy. And he said he purchased this one at McScrooge's Wines and Spirits. Uh, four and a half caps for that one. Scott Cooper, my buddy Coop over here in the Tampa area. He's drinking a Risty Hurler by Cigar City Brewing. He's currently at Cigar City. I uh, gave this one a five cap rating. No notes to go along with it. And Robert, chew your beer. Guys, it is a five cap kind of night tonight. He's uh, drinking Hops on Repeat by Pure Project Brewing perfection everything is perfect mm. were the notes that he left for this one along with a five cap rating mr mark church drinking a voodoo ranger fruit force ipa by new belgium brewing company they aren't lying tastes like fruit punch but mm -hmm. only enough for a three cap rating on that one kevin page denny what brewery is he checking into burial Ooh. urban artifact very good okay. yes <laughs> He's checking into a to streak blood across my brow by burial brewing burial beer company. And he gave that one a four and a half cap rating. Mark Reedy mm -hmm. is drinking a liquid confessional, which he tagged you and I in. Oh. I got to give him a little toast on that one. Drinking a liquid confessional by dust bowl brewing company at dust bowl brewing company. Mark, I, I think we're going to need to talk to the folks over there too, as they've been, they've put out some pretty good beer also a uh, great sidekick to my favorite dust bowl beer, confused therapist combination of New Zealand and American hops, a slightly cloudy double IPA provides a smooth, easy drinking nine percenter with subtle pineapple at the finish. I drink, I think I drink. I'll think another. <laughs> exactly. You know that's what? Exactly. That came out just fine with yeah, me because that's it. how I feel right now. <laughs> I drink, I'll think another. Take me, Ossifer. I'm home. Um, four and a half cab rating for the liquid confessional from Dust Bowl. Um, let's see. Moving on up the list. Chad Lamasa again. Oh, another one. Chad, this label is even better. Mostly because 
it's got a mythological creature playing a guitar covered in the American flag, or I'm sorry, the Maryland flag. He's drinking a Chessie's Girl by True Respite Brewing Company. He said, it just feels like a two beer night. Another music pun and a style I don't have a ton of experience with. Notes of raisins, uh, plums, and toffee. It's a little sweet. Now, Chessie, just like Nessie, Chessie apparently inhabits the Chesapeake Bay. Um, Chessie's Girl is a Scotch Ale. Uh, I was going to guess Scotch Ale, but... Were you? Well, because I was thinking the Loch Ness. I got to trust him. He's on fire tonight. No, no, no. I was thinking. (laughs) You're right. I was, for some reason, I had in my mind Loch Ness Monster and what's in there, you know, is Scotland. And I was thinking maybe a Scotch. So I I was thinking that might be it. I should have said before you said, so I would have been. No, no, I'm with John. You're on fire tonight. (laughs) And that, that argument just. That holds up, so I can't I can't really fault you for that one. Mark Connor is drinking a peppermint bark yeti. Oh, interesting. Not sure I, how I feel about that. Depends on the mint. He, he, on the other hand, I would imagine it's peppermint. Yeah, yeah. it's peppermint bark. Um, mint coffee nose taste is mint chocolate with some roast and vanilla to finish it off. Four and a half cap rating for that John, one. John, have you done anything with mint at Trek? No. Okay. It's too hard, right? It's, it's like, I, I, I'm, I don't usually get the mint things because it's just artificial a lot and too much, and can taste like toothpaste. I, I, I find mint very polarizing yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, kind of like smoke. Not as polarizing mm. as smoke, but like you know, it's, it's really hard to have a beer, a smoke beer that you can have appreciated by a lot of folks because yeah. it's just very subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think mint is the same way. You go just enough and it's perfect, mm-hmm. but too much and it can just be way too overbearing. Uh, Craig Andrew is drinking a guava pistachio cream puff. Oh, wow. By Arcane Ale Works. Um, every time I see pistachio in a beer, it's been green. And this one is no exception. His uh, notes on this one, elaborate, just like I would do. Tasty. <laughs> Four and a quarter caps <laughs> from this beer from Arcane Ale Works. Good. Um, he also checked into another Arcane beer, some kind of blueberry creamsicle thing. That's what it was called. Uh, blueberry and vanilla, sweet and lightly tart. Four and a quarter caps for that one for the some kind of blueberry creamsicle thing. Um, oh, even better. Mark Church, he's drinking a Lucent Church by Trek Brewing Company. Well done, John. <laughs> Ready to see what this tastes like in a year. Five cap rating for that beer. Yeah, he's got a keg at home, so he's he's ready. Yeah, I doubt it's going to make it for the year. I hope he's got some sort of container. <laughs> you guys uh, putting that in crowlers or no? Yep. It's only one barrel, so you're, you're going to run out of it quick, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, and if you take out what we actually yielded from that, too. Oh. Um, yeah. And we didn't need uh, a full barrel, so. <laughs> oh wow, that's true. Because well, it's a yeah, you're not going to get a full barrel out of a yeah, barrel. And, oh, so it was a it was a one barrel batch, right? Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the losses are exagger- exaggerated on the uh, small system too, because when you think percentages, you know, then you know, it dips pretty quick. But yeah, do you do you remember what you got out of it? I know exactly what I got out of it. Well, I know you do, but do you remember it off the top of your head? <laughs> yes. Can you share you got- it? We got two kegs. 
the half barrel that we put on in the brewery and the sixth that I sent to Mark. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, I might have been able to squeak out a little bit more, but uh, we had uh, dropped quite a bit out to clear the yeast out. So yeah. it was uh, built. You built up a lot of yeast, getting rid of a lot that much sugar to get to eleven percent. So so, so, you, so no chance this is going in a barrel for aging for a year. No, then. no. <laughs> and, and you don't have a choice, like. Unless you're going to put it in cans, you only have a choice of crowlers to to get it out of the to take it home, right? You don't have any way of giving him six like twelve ounce cans, right? So you're, yeah, I mean, thirty two ounces of beer each time, and that's a big beer to want to drink two at at one time, right? You need to be sharing a full glass with someone else if well, someone's taking yeah, a crowler. You're talking sixteen ounces of eleven percent. I mean, that's like. It's really like three beers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, I mean, that's hardcore. And uh, you almost need to make that one so that it's only on special circumstances would someone be able to take a crowler, but it should be on tap only because it's going to go really quick, you know, giving away two beers. When you're at the brewery, you're only giving them, what, 10 ounce pours, right? Right. So I'm giving away three beers. Three beers. So what is that? 32. Dollar crowler? Uh, 20 bucks. 21. 21? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So $7 a beer. That's not awful. Yeah. That's actually pretty and you good, get two, especially for and that. And you get two beer. extra, well, 32. You need three two extra you ounces. Get two, from, yeah, you get six ounces extra. Oh, well, then it's a, it's wow, a, that's a steal. steal. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're, All right. Wait, so, wait, were, were oh, you going to send us crowlers of that when you sent beer? No, yeah. you're ruining it. Damn it! I, I was. Was wait, can it get here? Tense? Can it get here by Saturday? Because I have my dark beer fest, my second annual dark beer festival on Saturday. So, can you ship <laughs> that really quick so I can share with all my people who are coming? I, told, I already told you I was planning to just crack it myself. So. <laughs> Chris uh, is going to get his still. Or I'm getting two. Uh, yeah. Either way. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So Craig Andrew is checking into another couple of beers. Grandma Fingers, Banana Nut Pancakes. These uh, Grandma Finger beers from Arcane Ale Works, the names on them always just kind of make me giggle a little bit. But he said, I'm not in love. Nice mouthfeel and sweetness, just a bit much on the maple. I read that and that didn't even really make sense to me, but um, for three and three quarter caps rating for that beer. He also checked into the number seven ninth anniversary collaborative Imperial IPA with green cheek by other half brewing company. He said, check in number 2000. Oh, nice. Ooh, so congratulations on check in number 2000 there, Craig. He said, it's an 8% hazer, eh? Uh, Citra and HBC 586 uh, collab with Green Cheek Fire. Ha, have you four and three quarter? Caps. Have you had a chance to get into the hop, any of those uh HBC 586 hops? Oh, me, yeah, yeah I was gonna say, I, I was just about to go. John, <laughs> I mean, asking, yeah. I mean, do you do you get an opportunity to get some of these experimental hops? That I think that one is one that is very special, especially in a pale ale. I think if it just it works really well as a lighter hop that just has some great flavor that just I mean I, I, I had it a few I've had it I get every single beer I can and Sockeye just released oh I'm gonna talk about it here in my next 
in my new and noteworthy beer, but they released a, a single, they've been doing a, a single hop series of beers and now they've got this one and it's good. Not as good as the Jim Dandy one I had. Uh, that beer was incredible, but uh, this one's everything that that hop does. I really appreciate it's really a good, more lighter flavored, but, but really works well with, with a pale, like a pale ale not, not a primary, like an IPA. It's not, I don't think it is strong enough to be an IPA and, and give the same benefits as it is with a, uh, with a pale, but, but have you had any chance to work with experimental hops? No, uh, I have not with that. Um, we occasionally get offers for them, but when we're getting offers, it's like you don't, you've never heard of it yet, yeah. you know, so it's not really known. Um, we haven't put anything out that's had anything in it. Okay. Um, I don't think, okay. I'm trying to think back, but I don't, I don't think we've put anything on, on tap that's had one of those in it. So. Are you still doing guest but, taps? Uh, when we don't have enough of our own. Okay. Well, here's the last one. Mr. Matt Knight is drinking a winter landscape by Industrial Arts Brewing. Checking in at the round table. And he said this was a roasty, hoppy, and a hint of coffee and chocolate. Well done. Four cap rating. And Denny, he tagged you and I in that one. Oh, way to go, Matt. that is what everyone is drinking. All right. Was that round table pizza or what? (laughs) I is listen, it's just a round still... table. He could be hanging out with King Arthur too. It's uh it's a home. He has his own round table. On That's yeah, true. yeah. It's That's it's true. his home. Uh, I don't know if it's his home, but it's, it's just says home private and it says it's also an arcade. So Okay. I'm going to say it's uh his place. Okay. Yeah. I'm over in uh Hilton, New York. No. Wait. This is Matt. Oh, Matt Knight. Not yes. Matt Helmer. Okay. I got confused. Matt, I thought, Helmer. I, Matt Helmer's in Ohio. Yeah, I know, Matt but I Knight's was thinking you said Matt Helmer, but it was Matt Knight. Okay. I gotcha. Maybe it is his place. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to, I had this uh, Beer Speak 101 thing that we were going to talk about last week or last episode, and we got too long. This episode, we're getting long. We are going to go do a brew buzz. We have a brew buzz for you, John. You're on the spot Please. again. Get, awesome. get ready. Uh, the brew buzz this week is going to be discussing. Entering beers in the Great American Beer Fest <laughs> with experience from truck brewing. So, John, you, uh, we, we had asked on air about your experience, and you, you wrote back and said, "Yeah, it wasn't uh, all that great." But we want to find out a little bit more details. So, basically, y- you have entered beers into Great American Beer Fest. So, when did you enter beers into uh, the Great American Beer Fest? <sighs> 2019? No, it's probably 20. Because maybe 20, 2020. Yeah, because 2020 was when COVID, and I think you did it during. Yeah, that might be right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. A while ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you entered, <laughs> and that was the first time you'd entered beers from Truck Brewing into the Great American Beer Fest, correct? Yes. Do you, do you remember how, which beers you entered and the styles for our listeners? Um, I think we did our red. Okay. And our pale. Okay. Maybe. So the red is uh is kind of s- similar to Carl Strauss's uh trolley car. That was the inspiration, inspiration way back in the day. Yeah. But it's changed. Um, it's changed it's changed a little bit um since 
I originally put that recipe together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, uh, you know, enlightened by that. Okay. Beer, I guess. Okay. <laughs> and, and why did you choose these two beers? Were they the ones you just had available at the time and you sent them in or did you, did you probably, th- <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my thought process is, did you brew some beers that, that you thought, wow, these are, these are hitting on all the positive notes and get it. Guess what? Great American beer fest is coming up. I'm going to go ahead and submit these because these feel like they're special. No, no? you just no. two things on tap and send them off. This was a, Hey, we should do this. Oh, I don't know. And then Kristen won. And so I had to go pick something. <laughs> okay. So you were dragging your feet. Kristen said, get, well, I was distracted with everything else that was going on of just trying to stay open um, at the time. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you sent two beers off. Now, what's involved in sending beers to great American beer fest? Like Chris was under the impression you had to send kegs. I said, no, no, no. I think you guys send bottles. No. Yeah. So you, you have to send packaged beer. They have different like amounts of every packaging style that you need to send. Cause they need a certain number of ounces mm-hmm. or like fresh containers they can open per judging round, assuming you keep moving on. Um, so I think for us, it was, three or four crawlers per beer that we had to send out. Okay. Um, and uh, that we did, we joined in like a local shipment for like all the Ohio beers that were being sent out. Okay. So we just had to like drop them off somewhere and then they got put on a pallet and sent out with everything else. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, you had to send quite a bit of beer. Um for the judging so okay so you you already you answered one of the questions was you know how do you get the beer to colorado or wherever you're sent it to and, you, and so that worked out well so there was a a newsletter that went out and said hey we're sending a, a shipment uh to get in on this let us know what beers and here's the price and and then you you could you got into it. is that how that worked yeah pretty much okay now you sent your beers off they went through the judging and now you got uh, feedback from the beers. Now, ideally, in most competitions, this is where you gain the most knowledge on what you can do to improve the beer or what the judges deemed that wasn't, you know, at, at a high quality of, of, that they're looking for. And this is, even if you didn't win a medal and you you would expect that this feedback might help you, you know, maybe, you know, make your beer even better presentable to your consumer. Was this the case with the feedback you guys got? Um, our feedback was very sparse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think each sheet only had like maybe 10 words on each one. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a ton on there. There were like markings and like, this is an enormous competition that all has to happen within like, you know, yeah. three days yeah. while they, so I wasn't expecting like paragraphs, but it was, it, it's not what you think of like in a homebrew competition. If you get good judges, they give you very descriptive feedback. Um, but you know, basically it was, this isn't moving on. Um, and a couple of like quick, low this high that or you know something which sure 
you know um but yeah it's not i don't think that comp is designed for that though Mm -hmm. i mean really that comp is designed for marketing yeah um it's designed around the metals and that's why you have so many categories that's why you have categories split into multiple categories to spread the love around when you get those ipa behemoth categories that have you know 900 entries Mm -hmm. or whatever you know well we need to make this so there's like 300 and we can do nine metals Mm -hmm. instead of three Mm -hmm. you know because that's what this is about yeah okay so then in your opinion based on your experience how important is submitting and meddling in the great american beer fest at one point when you were on the show you were a very you were a proponent of submitting and meddling because you thought that that was going to bring good feet you know word of mouth and 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 you could put on, you know, a little metal on your packaging and it would signify mm-hmm. something. Do you still believe that is true? Or do you think that it's not, yes. you still think it's true? That that ha- yes. that winning that medal and being able to put that on your packaging is, is going to reach out to more consumers? Yes. Okay. Why, why is that? How, how is that going to? Because uh, I've talked to people here locally <laughs> that have done it. And it's like, yeah, we won the medal. And the next day, like our salespeople didn't go out. Like the calls came to them because people wanted it like in their store and in their whatever, okay. you know? Um, so it definitely has a distro impact. And I would assume, and that was more what the conversation was focused on when we were talking about mm-hmm. it. Um, but I would assume that would also translate, you know, in direct consumer retail sales as well. So, okay. And you think this would, this, this, impact would sustain itself or is it a a very short time frame that you're going to be able to get the benefits of it that i don't know and maybe it depends on what you do with it okay. you know and how you then turn around and market it you know and, but and in a small brewery like yours if you were to submit a beer and you already made a comment about this earlier that you don't want to submit beers to a local competition if you are not going to have that available for people to come and find it that's even more important Mm -hmm. if you submit to great american beer fest unless it's your staple beer canteen uh that you have on all the time you have 15 barrels of it brewing all you know day in and day out you don't want to win a medal unless you can provide the beer right because that just you know makes it a disappointment if the people can't get the beer that won they may still come and try other beers, but they really want to, you know, know what the best beer in the nation is. Right. I think ideally it's something you're going to have on hand um, or at least something, you know, is going to come back around relatively soon, especially if it's in like a more hyped style. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, you know, hazy, a double IPA, you know, something like that, people will continue to seek it out. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, if it's a one-off Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not going to create the same buzz, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, and it probably differs per style on, on the longevity yeah. of something that's going to go, but, um, no, I, I definitely think it would have an impact. Um, and I mean, I can't tell you firsthand until we do it, but. Okay. Do you, do you think you're going to like in your future, do you feel that you're going to submit beers to great American beer fest in the future? Yeah, I definitely will get back to it. Okay. Um, okay. Now, now, last question. You know, 
have you thought about or what, you know, have you considered going to the Great American Beer Fest and pouring Trek beers in the convention hall itself? I have not considered it. It'd be cool for the experience, but in terms of like an investment for the brewery to do that, like wouldn't make a lot of sense because we're not available outside of 20 miles from, <laughs> you know, 30 miles from where we are. <laughs> You know, from so, but, um, but isn't that the case for a lot of beers that are being poured there? I mean, I hear about, oh, yeah, I hear about these small breweries that are in Oregon, for example, that they only serve in their in their tap room, right? They don't have any distribution, yet they go and pour, and people just fall in love with their beers, and then they end up coming to the location in a small little podunk town in Oregon to go find their beers, and they end up, you know, having a lot of uh business that way. So, I mean, there is. There might be a benefit, but I'd be willing to argue that a lot is a bit of an exaggeration. Okay. <laughs> um, and like I said, I, I, I think it'd definitely be really cool to do for the experience. Yeah. And if you were going to the, like the fest anyway, like, yeah, why not? You know, then you can definitely expense it. You know? True. But True. Um, yeah. But I mean, if, if you're looking at it from a straight, like ROI perspective, it wouldn't make sense, but like, I definitely get, it'd, it'd be, Definitely something to check off. Like, yeah, we poured there. Okay. It was sweet. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just thought just that... Just the experience alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you've gone to Great American Beer Fest at least once, right? Or once or twice? Once. Yeah. Once? Once. once. Yep. And and did you... When you were walking through the convention hall and trying beers, had you tried beer from breweries you never heard of and 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 found enjoyment from those beers? Like, things that you use, like, wow, I've, if I ever get to... Uh, Vermont, I've got to go seek these guys out. Probably. Did I ever follow up on that? No, because if, <laughs> if you ever get to Vermont, yeah. Okay. But Ohio is not, uh, I mean, people come to Ohio and people come to Columbus and they might want to come to Columbus and then come yeah. a little bit uh, east and come to track. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, Chris, or John, that's enough. We've worn you out. We don't want to, uh, and we want to be you know, we know that this is your day off. We don't want to keep you from your family. Uh, but we do have our new and noteworthy section. Do you have any beers that you'd like to chat about that you've had from local things in your area? Or, I mean, and if you don't, you can always talk about like some of your best selling Trek beers as well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the two new things we've talked about because it's the loose and cherish and the intense, mm-hmm. like those are the two things I've been centered around recently. Um, I haven't, my, my fridge is devoid of anything, but my own stuff right now. <laughs> um, it's been a, it's, it's been a, a start to a year, um, oh. we just have not gotten out at all. Um, so yeah, it's been a very Trek focused. Okay. No, no, no. It, the thing is, is if you're, if you're making good beer and I understand, I understand that you might get tired of drinking your beer all the time, but. You have a variety of beers as well, so I I don't think you'll ever get tired of drinking a variety of 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 styles, uh, even if it's your own beer. So I heck I would drink it. I mean I love Trek beer. I loved your beer when you were home brewing before you became famous famous brewer. Um, you have an interesting choice of words. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Chris. <laughs> how about you? How about some new and noteworthies from you? Um, funny enough, I had a beer from one of those, you know, big sold out breweries called Goose Island, uh, from their, uh, Bourbon County brand stout line 
it was their 14 stout from 2021. And there was so much going on in this beer. It was hard not to like it. Um, I'll start out with this ingredient that was in it, Denny. There was uh, rye. Ah, love it. rye. Um, but it also had things like um, cacao nibs and panella sugar, which is, if I remember correctly, kind of like sugar in the raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and coconut water as well in the beer and then the barrel aged on top of that. And it turned out a 4.5 cap rating beer that I bought two years ago that I finally got to enjoy. And, uh, (laughs) it was, there was so much going on with it. It was chocolatey. It was roasty. There was very minimal coconut flavor in it, but it was, uh, it was just an enjoyable beer to just sit down and, um, enjoy a movie or I don't remember what we were watching, but just sip on a beer and enjoy something that you kind of had to, I wanted to clear out of my quote unquote seller because mm-hmm. you know, there's stuff in there that I'm finding just like you guys are going, Oh wow. I, I didn't even realize this was in there. Um, so four and a half cap rating for the bourbon County barrel stout Their uh, their 14 stout is what it was called from 2021. And then I had a beer the other night over at my favorite pizza restaurant, Gasparilla mm-hmm. Pizzeria and Growlers, um, from Magnanimous Brewing right here in Tampa. They had a, a beer called Dark Messenger, and it was a porter. And I, I really enjoyed this one, <laughs> this, uh, this porter I had earlier. And this one was better? I don't want to call it better. Different? Um, darker, <laughs> no, it's closer. Close. Let's just put it that way. Magnanimous is right here in Tampa. Oh, Ivano yeah. Park is all the way out in Orlando. And okay, in order to get to these guys, I got to drive through Disney traffic, and mm. that is for sure not happening. That's not good. So, uh, four and a half cap rating for this dark messenger from the folks over at Magnanimous. Um, I only had two on my list. So, Denny, what about you? I, I have two. Was I name? have two also. And here's the one I was trying to remember. It's Drew Brews, Brewski Patrol, Dark Lager. And uh, what I said about this one is, uh, look who came to town. I'm happy Drew Brew is now in Boise. Love this beer, or love the beer when I could get it while driving through the pass to Seattle. Great Dark Lager, four and a quarter cap rating. And then the second beer I also mentioned was from Sockeye Brewing here in town. It's their HBC 586 single hop pale ale. Had to grab a six pack of this when I saw the hop. One I've really enjoyed in other pale ales. Citrusy notes on the nose. The flavor is a bit light with a candy-like juicy citrus flavor. Finishing with some zeal, uh, some peel zest. Light and refreshing. Went down quickly. Four and a quarter cap rating with that as well. And those are my two beers. And then we're done. All right, now it's time to go ahead and raise and our glass to people like to raise a glass to. So, John, we you're our guest. Why don't you go ahead and have an opportunity to raise a glass to someone you'd like to raise a glass to tonight? All right. Well, thank you guys for having me back. Of course. It's always fun yeah. to chat with you boys. <laughs> um, but then we got to say his name one more time. Cheers to Mark Church. Cheers. Uh, we had an awesome time brewing up here. Came out great. Um, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, 
potentially bring this back unless Denny pisses me off and then I won't out of spite. Um, Come on, Denny, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cheers to you, Mark. All right, Chris, how about you? Uh, John, I want to say thank you for coming on, man. I, uh, you know, we, we get these little text messages every once in a while back and forth with, uh, with you, but thank you for taking the time to come on with us. Uh, and, uh, it's always fun. You know, we get to, I, we only torment the ones we love. So, <laughs> um, we appreciate you taking the time to come hang out with us and have a couple beers. So thank yeah. you very much. And, uh, Denny, who would you like to well, raise the glass to? I also to? want to raise my glass to you, John, because as Chris mentioned, you, even if it may be that you're a week late after release, you always listen and provide feedback, and we appreciate that. So thank you for listening still after all these years and providing some great feedback as well. Mm-hmm. And- I'm just keeping tabs on Chris. <laughs> that's that's fine. Here, let me translate what partially what Denny just said. He didn't send me any beer. <laughs> and then our patreon toast tonight he's already been toasted a few times mark church thank you mark for being a great patreon supporter we appreciate you and for winning that uh blind bid and bringing loose cannon back to life as a new name loosen church I should have worn my uh, it's time to get ship faced shirt then tonight <laughs> since we're having since there's loose cannon on the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I also want to raise my glass to my good buddy Vic Vic Johnson, Victor Johnson and his wife Kathy. They do a podcast called 50 Talk Podcast. Um they shouted me out on their podcast this week so I want to shout them out and cheers to you guys. And of course, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms and allowing us all to brew beer and drink beer and talk about beer. Thank you for your service, and please return home safe to your families very soon. And Chris, how about you give a... No, we're done? Okay. Yep, we're done. We're done with our sponsor, but... Next episode, we will be giving away our last Frost Buddy. Oh, you know what? It it, it only makes sense to read it again since we're going to be giving okay, it away. One more time. We still have one more to give away. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to be that guy then. <laughs> uh, check out our sponsor, Frost Buddy. They specialize in cooling containers for, a, for, beverage, for your beverage of choice. Frost Buddy has the Universal Buddy 2.0, which is the world's first universal can cooler for 12-ounce cans, slim cans, bottles, and even 16-ounce cans. Frost Buddy also has the world's first universal wine cooler, 24-ounce stainless steel mugs, and even stainless steel dog bowls. Go visit their website at frostbuddy.com. All right. You can find the beers to the articles. That celebration was good, right? <laughs> well, it's this 8.8 <laughs> Wookie Jack, too. It's uh, making me feel good. Uh, you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at tabletcraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Grew. And Chris, wait, and John, how can our listeners follow Trek Brewing and you? Uh, not really me anywhere anymore. No, you're nowhere. I don't really do it. You don't do it. Yeah, I'm, do I'm a ghost. It. Well, how about Trek? Um, but uh, yeah, trekbeer.com, at Trek Brewing on all the uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatnot. You can talk to Kristen over there. She's awesome. Um, yeah, check us out. Okay. And Chris, how can I listeners follow you? 
So you might find me on Twitter, never at Chris underscore McKenzie 82. Uh, but you can always find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. I'll take new suggestions for usernames <laughs> if anybody wants to throw me some, but you can always interact with us on everything. Social guys at app, the craft. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend, of course, Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. So I got one little sip left. Cheers. <laughs>Tapcraft fashion. I enjoyed my first beer, nice and slow. Enjoyed it, and then poured my second one and drank that double IPA in like twenty nice. minutes. Nice. Like, yes. So I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> Hello, craft beer friends, and wait a minute. Make sure I'm recording. <laughs> and welcome to episode two hundred and twelve. Oh, no, I want to make sure I was recording because I almost started. All right. That's all, folks.